here we go. Welcome to the Nine Rap Fantasy Football Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. We really didn't plan on doing this this podcast, but we feel like doing a mock draft is probably the best way to help our listeners see the process that we go through when we're drafting and you know make determinations between specific players and in, in different slots. So Rudy and I are going to randomly draft wherever our uh, sleeper app tells us we're going to be drafting from today. And we're going to just give you, like I said, a little rundown, a uh, couple minutes per pick on who we're looking at in different positions, different draft spots, and you know what our, our overall strategies are going to be uh, from those positions or depending on what players are left. Just so you know, we're doing a one QB, two running back, two wide receiver, one tight end, one flex, and then there's five bench spots. Uh, PPR based? Yes, this is PPR settings. And um, this is going to be on the sleeper app. Sleeper does not sponsor our podcast, uh, yeah, hopefully maybe somebody from Sleeper hears this and, and they do, <laughs> but uh, we're doing the Sleeper <laughs> app. We're using the Sleeper app because we're able to both draft in the same mock draft together, which is one of the features that I really like about this app and one of the reasons I've been using it to mock draft recently. So Yeah, we're uh, we're in the, the end game of the, uh, what is it, the Di- Emperor Dynasty Superflex draft on here. And yeah, it's it's different. Uh, it took a minute to get used to the layout compared to some of the other ones. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, a lot of the added features, like, like Pat just said, they do make for throughout the year, you can kind of just sit there and hammer maybe drafts with you know your league mates and, and different things like that so uh yeah this is pretty cool so uh and, and i don't really have to worry about my picks this time so <laughs> you'll actually get them all without uh without any eruption do you even know how to draft that way like actually having every pick uh th- this year will be one of the first i am uh, i just had a work league redraft and and obviously with the new uh sleeper uh, but yeah, normally I, I'm not picking until about midway through. So I, I, it's hard to believe you yeah, first round, second round. I've, I've only heard of them. I've heard of them in faint history, but never actually been involved. It's like a unicorn. Yes, it's a it's a unicorn that just jumped over a rainbow eating a four leaf clover. So we all we talk about this a lot. And just to, so, so that we can give some of our listeners clarity, because I feel like we've joked about this a few times and Rudy is famous for just going for it. Like you, you, you literally try to win every league you're in every year. And I think that's the proper approach. I mean, there's no point in playing fantasy football if you're not trying to win. And sometimes you will mortgage your future to win this year and then figure out how to make up, you know, those picks or those players the following year. And, and that's something that a lot of people aren't really willing to do. And it's something that, uh, you know, as much as sometimes you get your stones busted in our in our home league, it, it's something like you said. You are the only, actually, you're one of two three time champs now uh, after this year. But uh, there's only two in the league that that have won this thing three times in the last thirteen or fourteen years. So you, uh, whatever strategy you're employing, is has been working, and uh, I, I respect that about you with your ability to to sort of just go for broke. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Normally, this is the part where I ask if you want to get out of here. Um, but no, I mean, uh, I'll be a drink first. Yeah, well, 
you know, obviously there's no effort required after that, but I appreciate it. No, deep down. Yeah, no, it, it is, you know, to quote a, a very famous man, if you ain't first, you're last. I do feel that, yeah, once you get into it, it's a lot easier. I think in our type of a draft where you have keepers and you have a lot of optionality when it comes to moving picks around to secure players or, or to build wealth for a following season. But um, yeah, I mean, I've always had that way of trying to look at it where, you know, hey, I, I, I'm trying to win this year and I'll get to next year when I can get there. It's worked out. It's also not worked out. But again, I'm, you know, and, and trying to have fun while I'm doing it. Yeah, obviously there's a little kitty and some pride at the end that, that you want to get involved with, but being able to have like bragging rights and stuff. And yeah, I, I mean, to say I got lucky with winning the one back to back with not having to pick till the seventh round. And I mean, I, I didn't think I had a shot, but I had to do everything I did. I made trades. I worked the waiver wire like a champ and I listened to people, you know, cry. I, I had a rule that was in our league that actually ticked off somebody because the playoff seating went the way the rules went. And they were mad that I didn't play them because, of, and, and it was one of those deals, but at the end it was just, it was fate, you know, uh, and I got lucky at the same time, but you know, something like this, yeah, drafting from the beginning with, with no keepers and, and doing redraft leagues. All right, man. So uh, what do you say? You ready to get into this thing? Let's give it a go. Let's get it on. So we do not know where we're drafting from as of right now. I'm going to hit the start I'm, draft. I'm drafting from my house. That's all I know. <laughs> all right. So it looks like I have the sixth pick in this draft. Uh, Rudy, you have the 10th pick. So uh, we should we should get some we should get some pretty good talk going on these. Uh, these later picks, I think, are especially in the first round are a little bit less of an auto pick. I think there's a little bit more strategy involved once you get past like the first five or six running back. So um, let's go ahead and get it going. Let's do it. Finally. Boom. All right. Oh, wow. Talk about random. So, wow. Saquon going first. That is crazy. So (laughs) the draft starts with Saquon Barkley, number one, Dalvin Cook, uh, at the two, Alvin Kamara, then Christian McCaffrey at four, Ezekiel Elliott at five, and I am on the clock at six. So normally here, I'm looking at, I definitely know that I want one of the good tight ends, the stud tight ends. Um, anybody who's listened to our previous episodes kind of knows that that's kind of my thing, but I don't think I have to necessarily jump for one here at six. I think with the uh, quality running backs that are still on the board. So, uh, so there's Derrick Henry still on the board. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, they're my top three running backs. Obviously, all the wide receivers are still there. I think um, in this spot at the six, I'm probably looking at taking one of these stud running backs because I don't want to wait until the the seventh pick at the second round to pick my first running back. So I'm a safe player in the beginning of drafts. It's just the way that I roll. So I am going to take the safest pick on the board and select Derrick Henry. And I feel like at this point, I can still get one of those running backs coming back. I mean, excuse me, one of those tight ends coming back and and still snag one of those top three in the second or third round. Yeah, I mean, that's totally smart. Now I see, yep, yeah, running back central. And so this kind of fell the way I figured it would. And I mean, at the same time. So uh, let me just read the uh, real quick. uh, Nick Chubb. Went at seven, Jonathan Taylor at eight, Tyree Kill, the first wide receiver off the board at nine, and now you're up at 10. So I would have, oh, well, I mean, you know, where I'm at right now, this guy I always want to take. Uh, I'm going to go with Devontae Adams. I'm thinking 
he's probably going to be number one wide receiver. Now, at the same time, seeing Travis Kelsey stick around there and similar ilk and Tyreek Hill already going off the board. I'm going to do what I need to do, though, and I am going to take uh, going to take Devontae Adams. Kelsey yeah. right away. Yeah, Kelsey goes at 11, of course. Patrick Mahomes, wow, at 12. And then coming back, Aaron Jones and Austin Eckler, two more running backs off the board. So you are now up again. Yeah. Pick in the second round. I've never been scared to stay away from running backs, uh, as dumb as it sounds. Now, looking at the fact that we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten running backs are off the board. I'm going to look around and just see who's coming up behind them running back-wise. Yeah, there's some people that are there. I see Najee Harris. I see Joe Mixon. I'm good. I'm going to stock up and bury the wide receiver category. Uh, I'm going to take Stefan Diggs. I like it. I like it. This is exactly what we talked about in our draft episode with letting the draft sort of come to you and not forcing picks. And I mean, Diggs is, I had Diggs early in the season as my number one wide receiver, just because I feel like Buffalo, I feel like Diggs could get 175 targets this year. I know that sounds crazy, but the bills in how about 200 yeah (laughs) see your 175 and yeah so no it's i mean i I like it i mean especially in a ppr league you are guaranteeing yourself probably 15 catches a week with those two guys alone so that's a that's not a bad start at all so after you took Diggs, Najee harris went then deandre hopkins and then aj brown and now i am back up with my second pick didn't think travis kelsey was going to fall to me here not sure if I'm really sold on Kittle or Waller this early, but I am a little nervous that neither one of those guys will get back to me. Uh, luckily, I have sort of been rising on TJ Hawkinson, so I'm, I'm kind of okay taking him later on. If I, I miss out on those top three guys, I would really like Kittle or Waller to come back to me at my next pick. So we're going to go ahead and take a chance here because there is uh, a lot of talent still on the board. And, uh, I'm going to go in this spot. I'm going to go with another running back and I, and I'm going to go with Joe Mixon because I just think that he's one of the few workhorse backs left. And I just feel like he's going to at least get the work. All right. So after Mixon, it goes DK Metcalf, Calvin Ridley, Fly Edwards, Alaire, Antonio Gibson, and then team one finishes with Josh Allen and George Kittle. Um, so that rounds out. That's a pretty nice start. Saquon, yeah. Josh Allen, George Kittle. Uh, then Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson, Josh Jacobs, Terry McLaurin, and back to me. And luckily for me, yep. Aaron Waller is there still is. on the board. And this is the perfect start to a draft for me. I get two stud running backs and Darren Waller. And I'm pretty happy about this mock draft so far. Absolutely, man. I mean, that's that's how it has to be. You're you're in the middle. It fell right to you. And you even said, hey, look, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait. You know, you could have went ahead and picked them. It wouldn't technically hurt you. But at the same time, now looking at where you're at, you got two solid running backs. You have what could be the number one tight end when the season ends. It definitely is, is a possibility. And again, I'm always a, I'm always about the tight end. I always feel like that's a position that doesn't get overlooked because of the big names out there, but Kelsey, Kittle, Waller, and like you say, Hawkinson, guys like that, uh, Ertz back in the day. But yeah, that's that's a spot where if you can lock that up, that's a position win during the week, and that can be a win for your week uh, just based on having a guy like that. And he's a tight end, but he's a wide receiver one for that team. So that's awesome. Yeah, and, and I look at the, the running backs that are available um, at that spot, and I'm, I'm much happier taking – 
mix in there. And then even if Kittle fell to me, who I have Kittle ranked just below Waller, I'm still fine with Kittle there instead of DeAndre Swift or Chris Carson. Uh, Mike Evans, who also went right before your pick, which you are now on the clock at the 310. Yeah. Um, and I am I am seeing the the tight end train uh, leaving the station, and I am all about it. Now, I am looking for upside at this point also because of the level of studs that have gone off the board, some second, third-year players that are out there that are decent. Uh, but I look at a guy who's available right there, and he he was traded up so that somebody could get him. Uh, and I'm going to take him right where he is. I'm going to take Kyle Pitts from my tight end and roll with that. Nice. Quickly back to me. Uh, we had so, Justin Jefferson go off. I guess somebody smelled fear and took Mark Andrews at 12. Amari Cooper on their wraparound pick at 12. So they're starting to get one of each. Uh, David Montgomery, who I would have probably looked to maybe take with my next pick, was taken right before me. So now... Uh, I'm not scrambling. I'm not scared. I'm going to take a peek into the backfield and look to see what's around. Uh, Miles Sanders, not too high on. The Daryl Henderson is listed as a guy coming up, and, and I'm going to start to peek down the board a bit of what they have available. And I'm looking at a guy who... Before you before you pick, is there any thought here with the way you started? Is there any thought to to try and like a, uh, like a, like a zero RB type of strategy where you just wait until, you know, maybe the, the fifth or sixth round and and grab somebody like, you know, uh, Raheem Mostert or uh, something like that as your, as your one and just stockpiling wide yeah, receivers I, or no, is that something that you're not? I'm looking, I mean, I'm looking right now at possibly taking Kyler Murray just because of the points that he puts up. Now, at the same time, yeah, I mean, looking at the running backs that are there and, and how they're going to be held off on the one guy who I would take at running back, and I'm probably going to do that right now because I feel like the injury really helped him skyrocket up the board uh, based on what he did last year. Uh, I'm going to take James Robinson. Okay. All right. That's so what I said. Not necessarily a, uh, a zero RB strategy, but uh, definitely good value there for Robinson in the fourth round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I feel like he moved on up. And, and again, I, I wanted to get at least one guy there and then maybe look to take a, a rookie with upside. I, I have a quarterback in mind for down the road, so I'm not uh, I'm not sweating it. So just so that and we talked a little bit just a second ago about the zero RB strategy. Had you taken Kyler Murray there? This is this is just a, you know, you didn't. But had you taken him there, if you're going to do a zero RB strategy, I am all for Normally, I'm not into taking a tight end and a quarterback within those first like five or six picks. I'll take one or the other. No, this year, it's to. this year it's tight end because quarterback is much deeper. But if you're doing a zero RB strategy, I'm completely fine. And I actually believe that the correct way to go is to lock up the three other positions, your three other starting positions. Get your you know a top quarterback, get a top tight end. And load up at wide receiver and then start looking for value later on. So again, I know that, you know, we had discussed in the draft strategies, don't take a quarterback and a tight end early, but if you're doing a zero RB, I believe that you need to have advantages at those other positions in order to offset the disadvantage that you're likely going to have at the running back position. Absolutely. Uh, I think the, the first time I won in our league, I had st- just steered clear of it. I was taking people and, you know, hey, you didn't take a running back yet. Everybody's going to let you know because they want to 
throw you off uh, of what you're doing or if you are moving through the draft fluidly, if you're going in with the mindset of, nope, don't care about the running backs because I know I'm not going to get a good one in the first four or five or six or, you know, again, ours is a keeper league. So sometimes your our first two rounds are similar to a third or fourth round, depending on where you're at. It's kind of tricky. And again, you're maybe looking to adjust. And I think that year I ended up taking the Tevin Coleman, Devonta Freeman backfield out of Atlanta where, okay, you know, they were decent picks. Maybe they'll pan out. And it helped actually win my league for me because these guys just put me over the top. And I had so much stockpiled in other positions. I, I think I even took my kicker before I took a, a running back there. I were honest to God, they were probably my last two of my last three picks. <laughs> so, you know, everybody's like, oh yeah, right. You're, you're, you know, you have no shot, but it's, it's like Pat just said, it, it's about, okay, if I'm not going to firm up what's considered the goat position, you know, you have two running back spots, you have a flex, which if you happen to get three solid running backs somehow on your team, you've possibly firmed up everything else. But what have you given up at that point? Did you miss a run on tight end? Did you miss a, a stud quarterback run? There are some point differentials there for the top two, three, four quarterbacks, and then you see some fall off and that can affect you for yearly totals, but again, on a weekly total with a with a QB like a Murray or a Lamar Jackson or a Mahomes that puts up numbers on legs as well as uh, through the air. Josh Allen's joined that group too. But yeah, you get to that point and, and just commit to what you're doing, have faith in it, and still just you have to be water. You have to be fluid. You have to just go with what's there. All right. So since your pick of James Robinson, C.D. Lamb, Miles Sanders, and Kyler Murray have gone, I am now on the clock. I have Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon, and Darren Waller so far. So obviously I am looking, and I, I really like the value of the wide receivers here in the fourth round. Julio Jones is actually the highest on my board uh, that I have uh, ranked, but I'm a little nervous with Julio. I would love Julio Jones here if he was my second wide receiver, but with his injury history, with him going to a new team, with AJ Brown being, you know, what I consider the the one in that offense, I know that you feel a little bit differently. Julio scares me a little bit as my number one receiver. So I think I'm actually going to bypass Julio and go down to the next receiver that I have ranked, which is Robert Woods. I feel like Woods is always safe. He's, you know, guaranteed a hundred plus targets. He guy catches 90 plus balls a year. I feel like um as an as a number one ride receiver, I feel a little bit safer with Robert Woods. So I'm going to go ahead and select him. And I don't think Julio is going to make it back to me, but I am okay going with Woods and a guy like, you know, Tyler Lockett or Deontay Johnson later on. So I'm going to go ahead and select Robert Woods. Robert Woods, so heavily underrated. He just gives you solid numbers virtually every week. And to see what he did with all the promise in Buffalo, it never quite panned out. But to see him finally turn it around and do what he does now in LA is amazing. All right. So after Woods, we got Cooper Cup, Daryl Henderson, Kareem Hunt, <laughs> Lamar Jackson goes... And to close out the fourth round, team one takes DJ Moore and opens the fifth with Jamar Chase, Adam Thielen, Julio Jones, Chris Godwin, and then TJ Hawkinson. Uh, and I'm back up at the 506. Uh, Julio Jones almost did make it back to me, which would have been nice, but I'm fine. Like I said, I'm still completely fine with taking uh, a Tyler Lockett or Deontay Johnson here. I feel like that's a pretty good start either way. I have... Lockett ranked just above Deontay Johnson in my rankings. So mm. I'm going to go ahead and take Tyler Lockett here. And Lockett's a good pick. He can be a little boomer bust, but when he booms for you that week, he's going to put up 50 points. Uh, it's just when you turn around the next week, if he gives you zero, I, I did run that, 
run into that one year and it knocked me out of the playoffs. I think everybody had that Monday night San Fran game where he just uh, didn't show up. But uh, yes, he, uh, he again, and that's why I don't necessarily like Julio Jones for the same reason. I probably wouldn't have taken Lockett over Woods because of just because of that. That yes, the year end numbers are going to be the same, but Lockett just seems to be one of those guys that you know. And there's no real math or science to it. It's just Lockett is just one of those guys that seems to either have a really good game or or not. But you know he's going to finish the season with again 90 plus catches, and uh, he's definitely one of Russell Wilson's favorite targets. So no, absolutely. Deontay Johnson, Russell Wilson, Miles Gaskin off the board. Uh, and you're now up at five ten. Yeah. Uh, so now, now I'm at a I'm I'm literally at a crossroad because I did have some people earmarked, and I'm coming up on a group of them. I have a running back in Mike Davis that I want. I, I feel a little higher on him than some people. I don't think he's going to be a top five guy, but uh, I see him as a starting running back in a dynamic offense who did a phenomenal job of filling in last year for Christian McCaffrey. He wasn't Christian McCaffrey, but he was a very good running back last year. Put up points every week. Uh, Uh, Had a little injury here and there, and that was probably from being pressed into duty. And uh, his success there actually got him that contract to be a number one in Atlanta. And I'm really considering him. Although I'm getting teased, I'm looking at a couple quarterbacks that are nearby too. Uh, You got Justin Herbert and you got Aaron Rodgers just hanging around. There's also that Dak Prescott guy, but I have too many questions about him. uh, Between the foot and the shoulder and, and some throwing mechanics issues that have come out because of because of the injury. And again, that may also affect his rushing ability. I, I, I just, I'm fading him, not as Eagles love and Cowboys hate. I do feel like it's going to take him maybe a season to get back to back level where last year he looked like he could have been maybe a, a number one overall in points in the league. Uh, I guess at the end of the day, I confirm up my running backs because I want Mike Davis and I'm going to take him and hope that those quarterbacks that I think we're going to be around are, they're not probably, and that's okay. But I'm just uh, I'm just going to take my guy and roll with it. Well, we talked about um, we talked about you know paying attention to the teams that are drafting after you. One of the great things about being in the ten spot is you only have to look at team eleven and twelve. And if you go back and look, uh, team 12 took Patrick Mahomes in the first round. So you really didn't have to worry about him grabbing an, another quarterback in theory. I mean, there's possibility that he he would have taken another quarterback. You never know what's going to happen in these home drafts. But um, <laughs> so you really only had one team to fade. You did t- uh, technically fade that team because he did take a quarterback, but he took Justin Herbert, who I know that you're not super high on this year. Uh, also, Javante Williams. Michael Thomas and Kenny Galladay went in to start the sixth round and you are now back up at the six Oh three and uh, you got a pretty solid team so far. And I'm, I'm guessing you're going quarterback here. Well, I, and that's where, that's where I get interesting sometimes because I look at it as yes, I know I could, I, I feel like my daughter sometimes I know I should do this, but I'm not going to, I'm going to maybe go this way. I'm at a point right now where I look at the draft coming back to me and I have so many picks between the next person that I really, really want. Um, and I'm trying to look at what's the, uh, granted, this is a mock, but I'm looking and I don't see that person still be in there. And I look and I say, well, I have two wides. I have a tight end. I have two running backs. I have a flex spot that I do need to fill. 
in our league, I would look at it as well. It's a keeper league. And this guy, I was very high on personally. And I'm going to go and reach like Mr. Fantastic, probably around too early, round and a half too early. But uh, I'm taking... To me, what it'll be probably a value. I'm going to take Devontae Smith, uh, Eagles rookie. One of the other things that we talked about was taking your guys, you know what I mean? Not being afraid. And, and listen, in our home leagues, you're probably going to have to jump on Devontae Smith if you want to, because we drafted a bunch of Eagles fans. So, um, and Donnie and Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're right. Now that there's going to be people that jump on Smith and, um, you know, that just, that just is what it is. And and if you want a guy, like you said, you, you got to take him and you have, you've talked about your belief in him. And I listen, I don't fault you at all. I don't necessarily believe what you believe, but that's the great thing about fantasy football is you have the, you, you could look like a genius with that pick. And uh, it's, it's a possibility that he ends up being a, a top 15 wide receiver this year. Yeah. Uh, um, like I said, but coming out of college with the pedigree, and I know it doesn't always translate to the NFL, uh, just looking at a pick right after me, you have Gus Edwards, who he wouldn't even be near this board right now, but because of the J.K. Dobbins injury, he's moved up from mid-50s, mid-40s for some people, and he's turned into a top 25 running back because mm-hmm. – Everybody sees what he has. I know we talked earlier in the year about Dobbins and used Edwards as a, a retort on both, you know, pros and cons of things. And, and again, the Gus bus has always been there. Now he's a guy who isn't a hard reach uh, at this point. And, and again, he's a good handcuff, but now he's just, he's thrust into a starting position. Uh, again, me, myself, I, I was debating on him. I looked at him possibly before Smith, but like Pat said, if you have your heart set on somebody at that draft, Pick that person if they're there. I mean, look ahead, make sure maybe you can wait a minute. But if that person gets taken, it can really fluster you. You can always trade for them maybe in midseason if your league allows for it. But at the end of the day, go with your gut. And if you lose, you lose. But at least you lost your way. If you win, yeah, then you can rub it in everybody else's face. Yeah, you 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 definitely need you need to be happy with your roster when you leave. And like you said, you had a lot of picks between that pick and your next pick. And so if you want Smith, then then take him there. I, I don't disagree with that at all. So like you said, Gus Edwards went right after your Devontae Smith pick. Uh then Odell Beckham's and Brandon Ayuk. I am on the clock. Uh after Ayuk, I was actually hoping um that that T. Higgins would fall to me. I saw Demar Chase went in the uh fifth round. To open the fifth round, I I believe T. Higgins is going to be the better wide receiver in that offense, and I believe that Cincinnati is going to have to throw the ball a ton. Mm-hmm. So I am extremely happy to be able to get T. Higgins here. So that is my pick. Great pick. I mean, looking at it, you're set pretty much at all skill levels right now, and and you can start to be creative if you want to. I mean, you're not worried about firming up maybe a position and. You're letting what Pat's doing right now. He's right in the middle. So he's in a great spot. He's letting the draft come to him from both angles. And being in the middle, he knows that if he wants to wait on somebody, he's probably got less time. Where I I was three, four picks away, and that's maybe all it takes. But he's been in a good spot right now. He's taken solid players. He's got great wide receivers. He's got stud backfield. He's got one of the best tight ends in the game. So He's got the ability to strengthen his bench, look at a quarterback. He can he can make moves that he wants. He's not being forced to make any moves right now. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Normally you're destroying the way I draft, but uh, this is a welcome. Yeah, that, that'll be that'll be this Saturday. Don't worry. <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> All right. So after T. Higgins, Dak Prescott went off the board. Juju Smith-Schuster, Aaron Rodgers, Raheem Mostert, Chase Edmonds, 
Robbie Anderson to start the seventh, and then Noah Fant, Leonard Fournette, Chase Claypool, Melvin Gordon, and then I am back up. And I have been looking at a guy for the last few picks and cannot <laughs> believe that he is still on the board. Uh, maybe I have a little bit more confidence in him than most, but uh, strangely enough. Oh, wait, did he go off the board? Oh, did I miss someone? Who are you looking for? I was looking for... Oh, no. Yep, there he was. All right, well, this is why you pay attention in your drafts, folks, because I had my mindset on Raheem Mostert, and he is gone. So let's go back and take a look at who's available still, and what do I need? Uh, I could use a quarterback here. Um, I really like the next up on, on my draft board is Tom Brady. He's, I think, a value here in the seventh round. I could also look to shore up um, a, another running back, having only two on my roster, I would like to have a third at this point, um, but I don't see anybody jumping off of the page that I'm like itching to draft. Now I could also pass on Brady and wait for a guy like Stafford or Tannehill later on. 17 type quarterbacks already. So quarterbacks are probably going to go off the board here in the next few picks. So I feel like I'm probably, if I want Brady, this is the place I got to take him. I'm also okay with Tannehill, but the fact that I have Derrick Henry, I don't really love the quarterback running back stack on the same team. Um, so I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go ahead and take Tom Brady here and round out what is starting to be a, a pretty decent roster. Looking at the few picks we just went through after Brady, you're looking at Mike Giesick, uh, Jerry Judy, and Dallas Goddard. So now I'm coming back and I'm looking to see where I'm at. Uh, and I am also paying attention to a little news that Michael Thomas has been put on the pup list. So he's expected to miss the first five games for those that are drafting at home. And again, that's something uh, as you're drafting, you definitely want to try to keep up on some of the news and notes. This is a busy week right now. This is cut week for all your teams to get down to the minimum roster available uh, and, and get rid of some of that fat from training camp. So you see some veterans float away. Don't be that guy or gal that drafts somebody that's not on a team. <laughs> Please don't, don't don't end up that way. But you know, you definitely or injured. Team. Yeah, definitely Those somebody who, who can't believe a, Dobbins is still here in the fifth. I'm taking him. Like, uh, yeah, okay. Yep. Go and for it. Nowadays, I mean, you know, when we started doing this, you didn't have all the technology and and news in your face like that. That was something you would have found out maybe three days later right. and, and been begging your commissioner to do something for you. Nowadays, uh, everything's so static that you can't miss it. Uh, and if you think that you you think you can get away with that excuse anymore, it's just, it's not going to happen. It's totally on you. Okay. So I'm looking at what I have. I still haven't drafted a quarterback and I'm still possibly looking down the board. And yeah, I'm not in a hurry. I'm looking at where the levels of QB are. Uh, I have a guy, I have three, four guys right now that I'd be totally happy with. So I'm going to start to load up the rest of my team. And I look and I say, I have three wide receivers. I have a tight end. I have two decent running backs. Let me see what's out there in running back land. I'm looking for a starting running back, possibly from a team. Uh, there's now, a few I, would, I would never give any advice in a live draft to anybody, but since we're doing this mock draft and you and I are kind of doing this together, how do you feel about Damian Harris from New England? Is that somebody that you're looking at right now? No, I, I as much as as much as you see Mich uh, Sony Michelle go to L.A., um, you have Ramondre Stevenson, who looks like he's going to be a monster. 
Uh, you always have James White, who just always seems to be involved in the offense annoyingly, and it's Belichick and it's running backs. Again, this year being so weird, it's it's really hard to tell. I, I would take him now. I don't really want to take him right now. And I feel the same way about him as the same way I feel about like Ronald Jones, who is just like a guy who's he's there, but he's got a running back with him. He's got a quarterback that's going to throw to everybody and their mother. I'm going to start to peek down the board and not see a ton of people. I see people that are rumored, that are whispered, even Sony Michael, uh, Philip Lindsay. I'm going to creep back into wide receiver land, take a peek at what's still laying around. There's some names. I'm going to go back to tight end and see what's hanging around, see if I can take, although I have that position. Uh, see if I can strengthen it and weaken somebody else by taking a good tight end. So I'm not really set and I don't have my heart set on anybody right now. So I am just going to take, I might as well try to get an extra running back in there and I'm going to look around and yeah, you know, the Damian Harris was nice. I'm going to scroll down and I'm going to take, let me take Sonny Michael, Sonny Michelle, depending on where you're from. Uh, I'm going to take him because he, yep, he was traded for, for a reason. They wanted a veteran. They wanted a, a big boy in the room. And I know sometimes he has some knock injury history with the, with arthritic knees, but then again, he's a football player. They all have them. Now it came right back to me. Uh, yeah. So Cortland Sutton, Jalen Waddle, DJ Chark and Ronald Jones. And then right back to you in the eighth round. So I, I went a little strong there at running back, check out wide receiver land, see if there's anybody in here. My quarterback room is empty, but I'm fine with that. I'm going to take a peek back at the tight end spot. See Gronk floating around, see a couple other people. I think with, uh, I think with, with Pitts and I, and I do think that he's going to be a good, a good player. Uh, you know, it's obvious that rookie tight ends struggle a little bit in their first year. So I think a backup tight end in, in your position and anybody who drafts Kyle Pitts, taking another tight end isn't a terrible idea just in case, uh, like I said, it doesn't turn out where it takes him a little bit of time to uh, really get acclimated to the offense. No, uh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, that's that's kind of where I'm looking at it, like that he's a, a definite on the radar kind of guy. Uh, do, 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 do. We're in a PPR league. I'm going to look at somebody who catches a ton of balls and is back on the radar. You know, he had fallen off uh, when it comes to the last few years and then uh, came on pretty strong at the end of the year last year, and and obviously was an integral part of the Super Bowl winning team. Uh, I'm taking Antonio Brown. Okay, I like it. Uh, yeah, Actually, I mean, uh, get, catching a lot from Brady, and I know the two of them. I think with a, a good training camp under their belt, I, I could see him still being the the big boy in the room. Yeah, you got multiple people, but if Brady throws for 4,500, 5,000 yards, that's getting spread basically amongst three to four people. I didn't even know you were looking at wide receiver there. I think that's a great pick. I, I think, I mean, you don't know how that offense is going to go, but you know that Antonio Brown is going to have weeks where he's just a stud. There's no, you know, there's no getting around that from happening. Like that's, that's just going to be a thing. So after Antonio Brown, Matthew Stafford, Debo Samuel and Trey Sermon went, and I am now up with my eighth pick and I have my starting lineup pretty much locked in which i don't always do in drafts um honestly i usually will wait much longer on a quarterback but tom brady sitting there in the seventh was was sort of i couldn't pass on him so what i'm looking at now is basically just trying to take now that my starting lineup is filled i'm pretty much just looking to take the best player available and who that happens to be for me is going to be since you didn't take him i will take damian harris 
There you go. All right. After Harris, Jarvis Landry, Michael Carter, Rob Gronkowski, LaVisca Chenault, James Connor, Tyler Boyd, Zach Moss, Brandon Cooks, Tyler Higby, and Trevor Lawrence. Team five picked the second quarterback and took Trevor Lawrence. And <laughs> I am back up. And so, honestly, I didn't really like any of those guys that went in between um, my two picks except for Chenault. So that's a good thing which means that the guy that I was actually thinking about taking instead of Harris is still on the board. And I know he's suspended the first week of the season, but I think that he has always produced whenever he's been given an opportunity. And I think that Miami offense is going to give him that opportunity this year. So I'm going to take Will Fuller. Ooh, very cheeky. Yeah, uh, Fuller's always been been a frustrating player. He couldn't stay healthy. Then when he was healthy, he put up great numbers. And if he's not healthy and he's not putting up great numbers, he's <laughs> getting suspended. So, yeah, no, I, I definitely – Miami's a team that, that, that could definitely make some moves this year. Looking after your pick of Will Fuller, uh, Michael Gallup comes off the board, Ryan Tannehill – goes to team eight they have also two qbs and then david johnson can be a little bit of a polarizing player um something's got to come out of houston this year i mean it just looks like a mess nobody knows what's going to go on with Deshaun watson and and so forth but still a professional football team still going to have a fantasy relevant player or two that you're not taking to win your league by any stretch so i am still not scared i am still going to wait on my quarterback i have multiple options out there and then i know i talked about maybe doubling up and, and pat mentioned also that having a young tight end uh you know let alone for a bye week he could struggle he could get hurt uh, a lot of different factors in play uh i'm gonna look at then a player who last year was pretty solid for me and he he's in a very big big offense with an awesome quarterback throwing to him uh, a little touchdown dependent yes but he is that target uh, I'm going to take Big Shot Bob Tanyan from Green Bay. And I liked taking players from, uh, and, and a lot of people out there are maybe smart with this. Look at the teams that have the best offenses in the league year after year. Look at your Kansas City, your Green Bay, uh, you know, again, teams like that. Look at Tampa Bay. They're going to put up points, they're going to put up yardage. Their skill position players are going to be heavily involved, especially if there's injuries. Uh, a third stringer can suddenly move into a borderline starting spot for weeks at a time, maybe even an entire season. So those are people you want to look at. Uh, so I have doubled up my tight ends. I have four wide receivers. I have three running backs. Uh, I'm going to probably try to even out my running backs and see what I can do. Still passing on quarterback here. Yeah, I, because I'm looking at the options that are out there, and if everybody is still taking two, uh, I still have people available that I can take that are some guy actually who's way further down the board on here. So I am. So let me look at another running back, and let me look at somebody who could really factor in on a team. And I'm going to look at a guy that I used as an argument against DeAndre Swift, who's already banged up in camp and who put up some decent numbers in Green Bay. Uh, I'm taking Jamal Williams right here. I like it. I think that even if Swift is as good as you know they expect him to be or, or the fantasy community expects him to be, I think that Jamal Williams is still going to get work the way he did in Green Bay. Speaking of Green Bay, A.J. Dillon went right after Jamal Williams. <laughs> uh, Mike Williams from the Chargers and then Big Irv Smith, who um, I don't know if Team 7 was paying attention, but looks like Big Irv uh, may be out for a little while. 
uh, had a, uh, an injury that they are still trying to figure out whether it's uh, what the timetable is for his return. But so he's got a shot to be, to be something this year. I think he, he's going to have an opportunity, uh, but I am up at the 10 Oh seven. And like I said, I'm just basically looking for the best available players left on the board at this point. And for me, there's a couple guys that I really like. Um, and I am normally not a two QB guy. But in this spot, I feel like there's so much potential upside with Jalen Hurts uh, that I love Tom Brady. And I think Tom Brady's going to be great, but you can never, I mean, if you have the top two quarterbacks in the league, somebody's going to be willing to trade you or you just sit on that guy and keep those points on your bench and keep them away from your opponents. And at this point in the 10th round, I, I don't see how I could pass uh, on a guy like Jalen Hurts with the ability to, uh, like we said in our in our QB tight end podcast, extrapolate out the numbers. He's the QB two last year on a points per game basis, so uh, that that is in the range of outcomes for him. So I'm going to go ahead and select Jalen Hurts. All right, so Michael Pittman, Baker Mayfield, Curtis Samuel, Devin Singletary, Marquise Brown, Justin Fields, Henry Ruggs, Darnell Mooney, Elijah Moore, and Naheem Hines went. And then I'm back at 11-6. Uh, I did like the, the people that I was looking at instead of Hertz uh, went right after him, which was Michael Pittman and Curtis Samuel. Mm. I also had my eye on Darnell Mooney, uh, who went in the 11th back on me now. And uh, there's still a starting running back out there, and I'm not high on this guy at all. But as everyone well knows, opportunity sometimes is more important than anything else. And, and technically, I mean, like I said, this guy's a starter. So I am going to go ahead here and select Philip Lindsay. And um, that will probably be it for me for running back. That, that'll be my fourth running back. And I'm happy with the, the four that I have. So, all right. So after Lindsay, McCall Hardman, Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, and now Rudy, you are on the clock at 1110. Yeah. And now is, now is where I think I may have to get interested in QB. I have two picks left the way we're doing this. Um, I've seen a few of the guys come off the board. The one I, I was waiting all day, obviously, yeah, Jalen Hurts was still floating around out there. And, you know, part of you maybe wants to put your fist through a wall, like, oh, that's my guy, and I had a plan, and yeah, he left. And But, uh, Pat, you started this off, I think, right after Mahomes got taken or or right around then talking about how deep the quarterback room is this year as far as dress and a lot of younger guys with upside. And I'm I'm looking at two right now that I'm actually fighting over in my head. I may end up just – What's that? (laughs) You got two picks left. I know. And I'm (laughs) going to see if I can sneak them both back-to-back the way this is working out because if I do, then I'm just going to be that guy. So I'm going to go with the higher ADP guy to get it out of the way because you do have those folks that they are just straight computers in their head. They maybe bring the laptop to the draft and they're just crunching numbers and they're going off the best and they have all their extra sites to help them out and stuff. Uh, I am taking uh, the who I think is going to be the best quarterback out of the draft, at least rookie of the year offensively. I'm taking Zach Wilson. Yes, uh, Zach Wilson. Anybody who follows either of us on Twitter knows how much disrespect we believe Zach Wilson gets, or I believe Zach Wilson gets. I'm not going to speak for you, but I think, I mean, looking at the preseason games, Wilson has been far and away the best rookie. I mean, Fields has had some pretty good moments. And I think because Zach Wilson has played a little bit more, you know, he's gotten run with the ones because he is going to be the starter. 
Um, he may look a little bit better, but you also have to understand that he's the only one really playing against number one defenses too. So I think Zach Wilson's going to have a great year. I really like that pick, but I heard your side. Uh, so Tony Pollard, Trey Lance, Marvin Jones, and Rashad Bateman went. Uh, yeah, that that side was for Trey Lance. I'm assuming. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. I'm I'm not anti Lance. Uh, I, I saw where he's going to maybe miss a week with with a little nick on the thumb. With San Francisco, I feel like almost like what's happening right now in Chicago is that they are just being a little stubborn. And, and I mean, I get that some of it is okay. You signed a veteran in the off season where you made a trade for a guy to be your guy, you know, in Chicago, you picked up Andy Dalton, who's never really done more than been a decent to solid, sometimes really good, but a quarterback, uh, Jimmy G and San Fran, he was on that team, had great games during the season, uh, but he wasn't awesome. His whole big problem seems to be a lot with him where he can't stay healthy, can't stay on the field. Uh, you you won't put these young kids into play, but you drafted them and you want to play around and say like they're not ready. Zach Wilson, they're giving him the keys to the car right away. Uh, and you do look at some of these quarterbacks, Tala, you know, Trevor Lawrence, he's their guy. They did not mess around and pick him number one overall, bringing the coaching staff and everything to transition him from college. Um, now, the guy that I'm going to take, and mainly it's because of the news today, and it's going to double down on quarterbacks for me. Uh, and I'm totally fine with it because I feel between both of them, I'll have a viable option. I can make moves. I can release guys. Now, your draft picks are your draft picks. I mean, you're not going to dump maybe your top guy, boring an injury, but I'm not scared to have two young players on my team at quarterback that both have tremendous upside. I'm in a keeper league uh, in my mindset, so I'm not worried about it. Yeah, I have options. I, Deshaun Watson's still out there on our board, and again, because there's a lot of baggage there. Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins. Uh, good to see Jameis Winston. It, it was a no-brainer that he was going to win that job because Taysom Hill is just garbage. Um, <laughs> Fitzpatrick, he'll have some good games for them. Roethlisberger, downswing. Uh, my boy Carson's out there to Bronco. But uh, I'm looking at this guy floating around, and, and I'm not going to mess around. I'm taking Mac Jones. I got two young rookie stud quarterbacks that I want on my team right now, and, uh, and I'm not going to stay away from it because, to me, he, he's – I think Mac Jones has the potential to be Tom Brady 2.0 if they set him up right. I mean, you saw what Brady was, a six-round pick, and, and has turned into what he is. He did that on his own as well. But, again, I think Mac Jones is heavily underrated coming out of this draft. People laughed at him and said it was the skilled players around him. Well, you know what? I, I don't think the whole Cam thing was just because they didn't want Cam. I, I think they want Mac Jones. So do I. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. He did enough, obviously, to beat Cam out and, and beat him out bad enough that they – actually released him which is a bit of a shock but yeah they the patriots like him i listen you you stack your team with you know wide receivers running backs tight ends and took a shot on two young quarterbacks who could both turn out to be very good and you know what if they're not like you said there are guys out there that are gonna have great weeks and there's also guys out there like Jameis winston for example who you mentioned who he could with sean payton potentially have an incredible season this year yeah. and he's just going to sit out there on the waiver wire. And if he has a great week one or a good week one and, and, you know, maybe Mac Jones or Zach Wilson falls off a little bit, you go ahead and you pick him up and you don't really worry about dropping 
a quarterback because like you said the position is so deep no it's it's again winston has had some big games he's had some very good seasons uh was it 2019 he finishes the qb4 <laughs> you know i mean it, you see that that the potential that's always been out there around him and to go to a team and i just said it about great offenses now obviously drew Brees is the name you associate with new orleans but sean payton kamara being down there now there's Skill players are interesting because, you know, you're floating through people. They got tight end injury issues. They they have a lot of rotation. They do have a good defense that can keep you in games to make things work for you. But, yeah, he's a guy that, like you just said, he's, he's going to float around out there like your Matt Ryans or, you know, maybe a, a Stafford or, or somebody else who you, you got to look at that and just say, hey, look, whether you decide to then just go stream with your quarterback based on a matchup, you might do that that week. Just pick that guy up because you have him do against the worst defense possible. And again, that's where you do want to pay attention to the news and notes and transactions and, and things like that and be willing to again, move off a guy. Like I took Devontae Smith. It doesn't mean I'm going to start him every week. No, but I took him as a guy down the road. I, I have Antonio Brown, who I picked two rounds later. Uh, I'd be totally fine putting him in there. And again, with that flex position, yeah, I'm, I'm totally fine. I'm looking up and down at my team and I'm happy. So after your uh, Mac Jones pick, Devontae Parker, Evan Ingram, and Deshaun Watson went, I have, this is my last pick. And I'm basically deciding between three guys. For me, it's... Uh, Russell Gage uh, in Atlanta, who I think is, I think Calvin Ridley steps into the Julio Jones role, obviously. And um, I, you know, Kyle Pitts is there and he's going to be used all over the field. But I mean, think about as a defense, you have Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. Nobody's going to pay attention to Russell Gage. And I think he's got a, a shot to really break out and have a really good year. I'm also looking at Nelson Aguilar. Uh, who showed that he could play uh, his last year in Philly. He was okay. And then when he went to uh, Las Vegas last year, he was their number one wide receiver. So I think with Mac Jones there, I think Aguilar's value rises a little bit because I think Jones is a much more accurate quarterback and, uh, and Aguilar is the one. And then I'm looking at Rondell Moore. So it's kind of funny. And so I have Aguilar, who's the one on his team, Russell Gage, who is the uh, the two, and then Rondell Moore, who is the three. And I think in situations like this, had Cam still been there, I probably would have went Russell Gage. And honestly, if we had another round in this draft, I probably would go <laughs> yeah. Russell Gage and, and hope that Aguilar fell back to me. But because of the fact that this is my last pick, I feel like the guy with the the biggest upside here is Nelson Aguilar. I think that it's possible that he you know, becomes a true number one receiver in that offense and um, and puts up some pretty serious numbers this year. So I'm going to take Aguilar with my last pick. Yeah, that's a great pick. And like you said, the reasons being, you know, now you see a quarterback who has an arm, <laughs> you know, Cam seemed a little cooked, couldn't get the ball out. And again, great career and not to hate on the guy at all, but to see, uh, to see Aguilar on that team had a great year in Las Vegas, uh, you know, with, with Derek Carr throwing in the football uh, this is that point you just said it is since you know the drafts end in at round 12 we'd normally have a pick or two left you'd obviously go for a kicker defense stuff like that but this is that part in the draft where you really start to look for the diamonds in the rough and again the the generic minds might look at it one way or the other or somebody who's following the adp script all the way is another thing but you know you can find some serious upside and then still uh, once you get through your draft, I, I know me, it's it's almost like uh, uh, Christmas Eve, so to speak, still after the draft. It, it's like you go into the waiver wire and you're mm -hmm. already making moves week one. Oh, well, I'm going to move. I'm going to pick that defense up. I'm going to stream this guy. Oh, I'm going to do the 
then mm-hmm. it, then it turns into the real game within the game. Yeah, I actually drafted on Saturday in a league last Saturday, and I already have a, a blind bid claim in uh, for that <laughs> league. So fantasy football starts for us probably June, July timeframe. We start really ramping up and paying attention, and and it pretty much doesn't stop until. Uh, you know, until the, the close of the regular season. And then by that point, I'm so into fantasy. I'm usually doing daily fantasy during the playoffs and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things where uh, once once fantasy football, see, my, my wife actually said to me the other day, and she's been great through all this, through us, you know, starting this podcast and everything. So uh, I want to give her a shout out. She's She's really been awesome. But she's like, it's almost like you don't even pay attention to anything else around you once you start getting into fantasy football and she's right. And that's something that, you know, obviously I need to, uh, to work on and take into consideration because this is a balance that you have to, that you kind of have to, uh, fall into, but it is, it's, you have to stay on top of the news to, to kind of be doing what we're doing and putting out information. We, we have to be on top of it. And it's hard to get out of the fantasy mindset once you've already started, you know, your research and stuff like that for the season. Fantasy, football, and family, they all start with an F. Absolutely. Um, There's a couple know, other things that do too, but. Yeah. Yeah. They can get mentioned a lot during fantasy football season or amongst family. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> this Saturday, Saturday will be a big amalgamation of all that with, uh, you know, the, the annual draft and, and holiday party like you guys always put on, which is always great. We, we all appreciate it. And I mean, it's definitely, yeah, one of those things where, you know, for those of, us that have been doing this for a long time, you know, we're old now. We married, we have families, we're we jobs, real jobs, and, and all that stuff that you know factors in. So, you know, life, you know, everybody's fantasy football is life, and it is, it's it's a big part to be fun and, and enjoy it. But you know, that's why we're doing this to to find another outlet to put our knowledge and our excitement about this out there. And again, we're anybody who's six or sixty-six, if you're just getting involved in fantasy, if you're been doing it for years and think we don't have a clue what we're talking about. We don't care. But um, I mean, for everybody else, we, we're here to have fun. This is something that's a, a big part of our lives. Uh, just trying to do this and have fun. And hey, if it takes off, great. We're all for it. Um, you know, maybe we could do this for real real life and someday and, and make this our, our real jobs. And, and hopefully folks that are out there listening to us and like what we have to say. And if you don't like it, that's great, too. That's why we're here. You know, we always have our different opinions on things. I'm looking forward to seeing you on Saturday and the rest of the crew and, and actually being involved in the entire draft for once. But definitely, yeah, uh, we, we appreciate everybody that's been out there listening and supporting us uh, throughout this venture. And after this, we'll probably be getting into our weekly uh, tidbits and, and podcast as far as, uh, you know, drafts uh, are done. Now we're moving on to waiver wires, top 20s, uh, I- important things that you need to know for week one, week two, and, and all the way to your championship. Yeah, I think um, some of the things that we do on a weekly basis, we're we're going to sort of you know enlighten some other people on on you know the processes that we go through, and I think that's going to be important for for week to week to understand that fantasy football does not stop at your draft. It is something that you have to pay attention to if you want to win. You have to pay attention to it all year long. So uh, hopefully, you know, keep it keep us on once a week and let us sort of guide you in the direction that we're going. And, and, you know, we don't always make the right calls. Obviously no one does, but uh, we have some, 
some solid reasons for why we do what we do. And uh, hopefully we do a good enough job explaining to you why we're doing what we're doing and not just, Hey, pick this player up and drop this player or trade for this guy. You know, but we're going to try to bring you some logic and some reason behind those things. Before we go, I do want to just read off the teams real quick so that the listeners can kind of just get a a quick overview of uh, each of our teams. So I'll go ahead and read mine. You can read yours and, uh, and then we'll get out of here for the day. So my lineup is in order of pick Derek Henry, Joe Mixon, Darren Waller, Robert Woods, Tyler Lockett, T. Higgins, Tom Brady as my quarterback, Damian Harris, Will Fuller, Jalen Hurts, Philip Lindsay, and Nelson Aguilar. I had the 10th pick overall, so I was close to a wraparound spot so I could game plan on my two picks in a row, so to speak. Devontae Adams, my first round, then Stefan Diggs followed by Kyle Pitts in the third, James Robinson in the fourth, Mike Davis in the fifth. I reached for Devontae Smith in the sixth round, uh, Sony Michelle in the seventh, Antonio Brown in the eighth, Robert Tanya nine, Jamal Williams 10, and my quarterbacks rounded me out. I had Zach Wilson at 11, and my 12th and final pick was Mac Jones. Awesome. So uh, we're going to go ahead and post this to Twitter as well and uh, see if we can get some feedback on there. So if you don't follow us on Twitter, you can go ahead and do that. If you'd like, we are at the nine route one. Uh, Scott, his his personal account is at Scott from Delco. That's Scott from D-E-L-C-O. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter and uh, check out our teams and give us, you know, give us your feedback. What do you think we did right? What do you think we did wrong? We always like to hear from people that are listening. It helps us to sort of rethink some of our thought processes and, and keep things fresh in our minds. So absolutely, folks, we, we appreciate the feedback. It lets us know what you want to hear and what you don't want to hear. But we'll keep saying it. You keep doing it. And uh, we look forward to a fun fantasy football season with everybody here. Absolutely. All right. You guys have a good one. We will talk to you again next week when we bring you our first in-season episode. We'll have some some waiver wire ads, some start sits, and uh, just some general thoughts on the start of the season and you know matchups and things like that. So hopefully you stick with us and keep listening to us throughout the season. Uh, until then, we will uh, we will talk to you later. Peace. And that's going to do it for this week for the Fantasy Football Podcast from the Nine Route. On behalf of Pat, my name is Scott. Thank you for listening, folks. We'll talk to you next week. Mm -hmm.